Hello, everyone. Hello. And welcome to episode number 42 of the D&D Music Factory podcast. I am David. And I'm Dan. And Dan, tell everybody what we'll be breaking down today. So this week, we decided to do another Under the Covers episode. This is another episode of Covers. However, this time, we made a different stipulation here. This isn't just choose what you want. You can't just... You can't just come in here. This isn't Burger King. You don't get it your way. No. This week, Not we decided house. that these have to be songs that were either originally performed by a woman and covered by a man or originally prefer, originally performed by a man and covered by a woman. Just basically a, a gender swap for the cover. Right. And we're obviously not trying to be insensitive about this and do anything this is clearly somebody that identifies as one for, and then the other. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not we're not trying to like we're not we're not out here like there's only two. Baby. Yeah. 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 Just just to get that out of the way because I'm a we, lunatic and I want to hurt everyone's feelings. Exactly. Yeah. 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 This is this is fun. This is for yeah. fun. This we're not is in just, there. We're yeah. not in there. False equivalents. Ben Shapiro and people out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Great point. Yeah. We're doing something for fun that we're just talking about when somebody. <laughs> Takes somebody of who identifies as the opposite sex t- takes a song and 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 puts their own spin on it. So don't come at us with any of that bullshit. We're we're no, supportive. We're of not. Everybody. We are. Yeah. We are fully supportive of all non-binary folks. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So just yeah. Just this is for fun. That's not what this is. Yeah. This is this is a fun thing. Um. But yeah. This is this is cool. I know you had one that you've been wanting to use for a while. So oh man, it's been on the it's been on the tips of my fingers. Yeah. And I was I was so a little long. nervous at first, but. I did. I did end up with more than I thought I would, um, in, in the end. So, so this is this is going to be a fun list. I'm I'm pretty pumped about this one. Yeah, yeah. this is good. I, I mean, I love a uh, who doesn't love a great cover? Yeah, like it's a great cover, man. not a bad cover. Yeah, no more uh, uh, whatever the fuck, sna- not stained, fucking disturbed cover and stuff. What was that? Who was that? Oh, that stupid- sound of silence. Yeah, who was that stupid guy that I had who did the. ASAP Rocky song. I can't, oh, I can't yeah, even dude. remember his fucking name because I the hate wig, him so much. The wig, like, yeah. oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I yeah. literally, like, I hate him so much I blocked his name out of my head. That's for the best. Yeah, it is. It's actually, yeah, that was the smartest thing I could have done. All right, well, Dan, why don't you, why don't you uh, give us some of your B-sides for this week? All right, so one of my B-sides, I think I brought up before when we did uh, songs for, that were featured in a movie, uh, is Immigrant Song by Trent Reznor and Karen O from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Um, covering Led Zeppelin's yeah, immigrant song, I think it's still great. I didn't put it on this because I'm like, ah, it's like not technically because like ah, I don't know. Like I didn't, I didn't want to throw it on there. Um, so I that just missed for me. Um, another that I had was Japanese Breakfast doing "Say It Ain't So." Um, it was recorded at Electric Ladyland Studios, oh, and no it's shit. like all string accompaniment. Um, pretty cool, pretty cool little cover that I really dug. Um, obviously originally by Weezer. If you didn't, I mean, that probably needs, can go unsaid. Um, <laughs> one of my other favorites, uh, another person who I've brought up in covers, I think our original covers version is, uh, Iron and Wine, but this time doing Time After Time by Cindy Lauper. Um, it's really, it, it full on, like, I love the Cindy Lauper version. Don't get me wrong. Plus what's his name? The dude from the Hooters wrote that song. Oh, uh, I always forget his name. Yeah. Even though he's like the most famous Philly musician, apparently. Yeah, it's okay. According to everyone's dad. Except for Hall & Oates. Yeah, but no, nobody's dad says that. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, I really dig the cover. Um, I think, like I said before, I like the Cindy Lauper version, but like when you watch all the like 80s production off a lot of 80s songs, you get these really great, beautiful, incredible tunes that just need like... Don't, don't. All the synths and glitter, like... Just dialed back, not <laughs> removed completely. No, just nope. tone them down. Nope, just take them down off a of ten, maybe like an eight. No, um, I prefer they stay the way they are. Golden. And then, uh, the uh, the last one I think I'll mention is probably uh, Newfound Glory was doing those like from stage to screen, or from your screen to stage covers albums. I think they did two of them, uh, but it's a pop punk cover of Love Fool by the Cardigans. Ooh, um, it's great. It's, I mean, is it the most mature and evolved song? No, but it's fun and it's loose and I love it a lot. And don't forget, you've already, uh, you've already used a couple. I have already used a couple. So I did use PJ Harvey's Highway 61 Revisited on our covers episode um, with her covering the Bob Dylan classic. Um, so, and uh, like, that Aretha, one's already used up. And Aretha Franklin Respect. 
Oh, shit. Yeah, I did do Aretha Respect. I can't remember what episode that was, but you did. That is true. All right. So, yeah, that's also on there. Originally by Otis Redding. Um, Yeah, we have mentioned that already, so couldn't couldn't put that on there. So, uh, how about for you, Dave? What what, uh, just missed the cut for you? Um, Teenage Kicks uh, by the Head Coatees covering the same song from The Undertones. Uh, Phil Collins, You Can't Hurry Love. Uh, Cheryl Crow, The First Cut is the Deepest, covering little Cat Stevens there. Uh, what else? Um, Giant Drag covering Wicked Game by Chris Isaac. And, oh, Cakes, I Will Survive. Uh, yeah, so you're not a fan. I, I, have, I can't, I I can't a... picture somebody. In my, if I could like describe to you somebody who wouldn't like Cake, I would just say Dan. Well, I'm actually a huge fan of Cake the Food, but yeah. I do not enjoy the band very much at all. I can't picture you liking them. I don't know what it is. I just I, you you're not a cake guy, I know. Yeah, it's just it's not my thing. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be cuz um <laughs> it's not necessarily mine either and that's yeah, why I didn't make it. They're the top definitely five. a band that like they're one of those bands that every song they have is the same. Yeah, it's very monotone. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate it. I don't think it's the worst thing. It's good that somebody did something like that, but I don't typically go for it. Like I'll never, I'll never just like look up a cake song and put it on. Yeah, if that makes sense. I remember they uh, they did a cover of War Pigs. Did they way really? Back when that like it's a little cool because instead of the guitar solo, they have like all these like mariachi horns come in. Oh, but other oh, than that, I have heard that one. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely heard that. But uh, yeah, best to just leave that band. Yeah, be. well, as we <laughs> as we did because it's not included. Uh, and then the final one that just missed out for me is "It's My Life" by No Doubt. Um, originally by Talk Talk, but the original one's just a lot better. Um, and also, I kind of remembered that I don't really care for that No Doubt version very much. The more I listened to it, the more I was like, yeah, I, I thought I liked this, but I really guess I don't. So now I know that. Nice. Yeah. All right. Dan, why don't you take us over to your number five pick? Okay. Number five from me comes from the band Garbage. Of their 2021 return, No Gods, No Masters, this is Starman, uh, a cover originally by David Bowie, of course, uh, the late David Bowie, the late great David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first album that like garbage. This is the yeah first album that like uh, uh, this is the first album since 2016 from Garbage. Uh, they did an album called Strange Little Birds and then just kind of shut up shop. Yeah, I think it's because they they're probably at the level where they don't need to tour and they have families they also put out like a is that the one that's like super poppy and doesn't sound like them at all yes it is yeah so that i think maybe that was just like hey let's give this a shot then they realized that it wasn't them and not smart and then they were like well we got enough money anyway let's just yeah let's just chill for a while just packed up and came back um but this album is much more in tune with how the band sounds um, I really like it, man. It's pretty cool. This cover is great. This is cool. Um, a lot of horns and stuff like that. It's pretty neat. Big synths. Um, Shirley Manson explained that the No Gods, No Masters album title and album is a critique on the rise of capitalist short-sightedness, racism, sexism, and misogyny across the world. And I think that would be a message David Bowie would probably be really in tune with and digging. Yeah. Um, and Absolutely. Shirley Manson, I mean pretty much long time very extremely outspoken feminist mm-hmm. and really big on exposing a lot of the bullshit in the music industry she was dealing with uh, especially throughout the 90s and even imagine she is fucking awesome dude Shirley Manson is like that was probably that was one of the first videos that I was like oh <laughs> you know what I mean you saw it you saw it and you were like oh dear like yeah. this is oh, this my. is something new oh my hmm. um, that's a that's a new feeling yeah uh, it was just one of those, like, I don't know, man, like, she was just so, like, goth and hot, and the band, like, fucking ripped, and <laughs> it was really good. Like, Garbage yeah. is sick. Uh, they are. I think they need to get more respect on their name than they do. Yeah, they they were, like, I think because they were on, like, MTV and stuff with the videos that I think people didn't take them as seriously as, like, a darker band, yeah. but they were, and they had more, like, I don't want to say grungy, because it wasn't, but, like... They had a darker side to them that I don't think really came across because they were on. Like, they could have been thought of the same way as Fiona Apple is now. Like, yeah, people absolutely. People are like, oh, who's this mysterious girl who's been singing these songs all this whole time? Let's listen to everything. Very that much. That could have been garbage this whole and time. And I think it was one of those because their singer was an attractive woman 
and like kind of an alt looking so like yeah every you know record producer promoter wanted to make them like their alt girl fantasy uh, yeah that they may have been a little disrespected and i think it's wrong yeah. i think garbage fucking rules yeah and i agree with you their albums got reissued this last year and they're all like 50 dollars, which kind of really sucks, but they're like super high quality stuff oh, that's uh, good really well pressed but like just pretty fucking pricey yeah that is um which always stinks yeah but yeah so uh i don't really have too much more to say with this cover's pretty straightforward um not many left turns here no but just i really like it man i like the cool. original i like the cover so i had to put it on here very cool uh dave so what's up what's uh your first pick for songs with a flipped cover all right up at number five for me is 99 red balloons by goldfinger um this is originally a song by the german artist nina which is actually a band not just like a girl um and this original version came out on their self-titled record in 1983 um so this when this came out it was recorded in german since they are german but it got insanely popular around the world so a year later they decided that they were going to record it again but do an english version but they changed the lyrics uh mostly to like try to keep the syllables lining up because it would have been really weird to say because yeah, like it's 99 translation 99 luft balloons means 99 balloons basically and it would have been if you just said 99 balloons that's like half the syllables yeah so it just would have been weird and they also apparently like changed the lyrics to be a little bit more positive for the american audiences because they thought that that would work better um <laughs> the americans like a happy ending they well especially when like because the lyrics are about like it's about like the apocalypse man like nuclear war right? yeah and like they they would see it was part that and then part them seeing balloons go up in the air and wondering if they themselves could travel up and over the wall into the soviet part of germany so it's like a much darker time and situation than the song sounds like it conveys. But um, so yeah, they definitely they, they, certainly they much darker than this Goldfinger version. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> um, and weirdly, the German version is the the one that charted in the U.S. The English version never did. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess like I th I think what happened was it was like so popular. People were like, oh, this song's great. And then by the time they did the English version, it was like, it had already run yeah, its it course. Over. Yeah. yeah, like the, the wave the wave had crashed at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and then in comes Goldfinger, uh, who I think I've always liked the fact that they do the last verse in German and kind of it's, kept it. It's the most respectful version. Or yeah. Like, thing they could have done, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I do too. And, and um, you know, I, I'm not, I never was a big Goldfinger fan outside of this, not because. Outside of this in uh, Superman. Superman from Tony Hawk's first Yeah, game. Superman's great song. Mostly because <laughs> I heard this song from like Kazaa or LimeWire or something and then Tony Hawk's Superman. So yeah. outside of that, I mean, when when this was big, you know, I wasn't going out and buying a Goldfinger CD. So I didn't really hear a ton else. So I remember this was on the uh, the Euro Trip uh, Oh, great soundtrack. call. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> With Michelle Trachtenberg. Uh, yeah. And weirdly Matt Damon for a minute. Yeah, dude. Also, Matt Damon. Oh, I, just, yeah. I always remember uh, the mime scene. Always. What's his name in there? Um, it's not Mark Strong. Vinny Jones. That he's the oh, he's the yeah. Manchester United soccer guy. Yeah. Who <laughs> Sing the song. Yeah. My baby takes, takes the, the pretty good, pretty fucking good. <laughs> and he so opens funny. the beers with his eyelids. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that part. Oh, that movie was so Everyone funny. Everyone should have a seat at the table, except those fucking eye ties. <laughs> like, hate those Italian bastards. You know what I mean? They're just like, but, what? Like, so out of place. Oh, that, God, that movie's great. Yeah, you're right. I, I feel like maybe I should give Goldfinger more of a listen, but I don't know if I will. I'm just being it's, honest. They're, uh, I feel like Goldfinger is a time. Yeah. And, like, that time has passed. Yeah. Uh, checkerboard vans and... Yeah, and, like if, uh, wallet chains. Like if I was at like a music festival or something, and they were like, "Oh, Goldfinger's playing," I'd be like, "Obviously, we're gonna walk over there to hear Superman." Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'd be like, "Maybe they'll play 99 Red Balloons," but like, yeah. If they were like, "All right, we're gonna play a full hour set," I'd be like, "We're not hanging yep. out the whole time." Like, yeah, yeah, I don't need to. See that. Those are gonna be the in the encore. I'm good. Yeah, I'll show yeah. up. I'll show up another time for that, or I'll just I'll just YouTube that one. Yeah. Um. Cool. All right. So yeah, that's Goldfinger covering Nina. Uh. Dan, why don't you take us to your number four pick? 
All right, my number four pick comes to us from Philadelphia's own The Hears Collective. Uh, the song is titled I Like You. However, it is basically a cover of Nirvana's Stay Away off of their album Nevermind. Um, this was off of a, I believe, a, so I have it on uh, a vinyl copy. It's a split with Thou, who is like a southern sludge metal band. Um, whereas Hears is very much like straight up punk power violence hardcore um as you can hear if you're listening to the song oh yeah they are pretty fucking intense um their singer jenna pup she is a fucking monster man she is so aggressive and intense at these shows um i got to watch a ton of videos i haven't seen here's play in front of me but i mean they for a while were playing with a drum machine and then they used to have um the owner of Get Better Records, uh, and then Alex, she used to play drums for them. Now they play with a drum machine, and it's kind of a, a rotating door of, like, between two and six people <laughs> that are the Here's Collective. <laughs> um, but this was off of an album that you can find streaming uh, under the title, I Have Become Your Pupil. Um, it was the split release with Val. Um, they both just do not uh, entirely Nirvana covers during it. Oh, really? Um, That's cool. And if you don't know about Here's Collective, um, they are quoted as saying they are a trans-queer, anti-authoritarian, bullshit thrash with punk ethics to destroy capitalist, misogynist scum and empower women, people of color, and the LGBTQIA community. Like, I am all about this, like, this level of, like, like unapologetic, like fuck you attitude that this group has. They're yeah. so good, man. Yeah, it's cool. Um, they had a 2018 album called uh, Friends, Lovers, Favorites featured like a ton of different famous artists like uh, Laura Jane Grace, Shirley Manson, Erica Freeze, Erica Freeze of uh, Reviver, More Mother, a bunch of different people. Uh, that was really intense and awesome. Um, you definitely check them out. They're really intense and awesome. Yeah, this is really very strong stuff. Yeah. Uh, they put out a record that literally is 100 songs what? that fits on a single LP record. And then they put out th- two more of those. So they have three collections of 100 songs. Um, it's amazing. What are they, like 30 seconds each? Yeah, they're all like a minute long. Um, it's the best thing ever. That's awesome. So if you get a chance, definitely check them out. This cover, very short and sweet. Um the whole album is really hilarious uh, because the song titles, let me uh, pull them up here there. So the song titles for the album spell out the phrase, chew your meat for you, pass it back and forth in a passionate kiss from my mouth to yours. Sloppy lips to lips. You're my vitamins. I like you. That's all. That's an intense layout. Are the, are the Nirvana lyrics for, um, stay for, away, uh, drain you. Wait, what were the lyrics again? Uh, chew your meat for you pass it back and forth in a passionate kiss from my mouth to yours sloppy lips to lips you're my vitamins i like you oh yeah i didn't get that the first time which are the lyrics for the bridge of drain you um oh, which is right awesome. over my head that first time <laughs> yeah wow. it's really good man uh definitely check it out a lot of fun especially if you love super sludgy super aggressive music can't recommend it enough band rips and more people should get into them get better operates yeah. Get Better Records operates out of Philadelphia. They're like a fully nonprofit uh, label. So every dollar they make goes back into the label. Buy their shit on Bandcamp. Make sure it's a Friday so they get all the money. Support them. They're amazing. Definitely. Uh, Dave, what is your next pick for a flipped cover? All right. Up at number four for me is Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. This was originally written by Prince and was actually written and recorded for a side project he did called The Family. And it came out on the only album that they ever put out titled uh, The Family in 1985. Um, Most of the album is kind of like similar to what The Time was doing. And it was very like funk, soul, jazz mix, kind of like more upbeat sounding stuff. That new jack swing kind of. Yeah, yeah. And then they had just these like random... I guess what they thought is like filler tracks that were like more ballady. And this happened to be one of them. And um, I don't know like, you know, exactly how it ended up working out this way. It's not really clear like what got Sinead O'Connor to do it, but she found it and then recorded her version. 
1990, it was released on her second album. I don't, I do not want what I haven't got. Um, shot up to number one uh, on the Billboard chart, and Billboard actually had their first ever Billboard Music Awards that year, and voted it the best song of the year at the award show too. So. Um, it went from being like a filler throwaway track for Prince to being the biggest hit in, for the year, like globally, basically, which is insane. Yeah. Um, so Prince at first was like, had no interest in doing this song live. Like he just, I don't know what his mindset was behind it, but yeah, he just had no, like, I don't, it's, it's weird for me to be like, yeah, you wrote this song, you liked it enough to put it on a record, but then you had no, you never wanted to play it live. So that, that's always weird, but after the success of Sinead O'Connor, he started playing it live again and doing it with somebody named Rosie Gaines. And they ended up releasing a live version in 1993 uh, with he and her that was on uh, like a compilation album. And then he had an, an original studio recording that was also released uh, after he passed away in 2018. So there's, you can now find his original version from Before the Family and this live version of him doing it with Rosie. So that's kind of cool too. Nice. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, just a super powerful love song. Like, it's it's pretty pretty intense. Not maybe not as intense sounding as what we just heard from Hears. Is that how you pronounce yep, it? Hears. Um, but obviously, a song a lot of people know, and maybe not everybody knows it was originally a Prince track. Um, and Sinead O'Connor is something else too. Um, Dude, I don't. Is she is she still okay? I don't know. I remember there was a whole bunch of stuff where like her son died. Oh, like in yeah. like the last like month or two. Oh, I didn't hear that. Where her son passed away at like twenty, Ugh, and then sucks. she was posting about how like she like tweeted out like there is no more light. It's only darkness from here on out. Goodbye. And everybody was like, "What the fuck, man?" Yeah, she's not so, not the kind of person that you would want bad things to happen to because she always seemed kind of like on edge to begin with. Like yeah. Like, just her behavior was always very erratic, and, like, she just seemed somebody that was, like, already built up with a lot of emotion, that, like, it wouldn't, you know, adding a huge burst of negative emotions probably, you know, too much for somebody like that, if that makes sense. And she, uh, you know, she had all that controversy because she she ripped up the picture of the Pope. Yeah, banned permanently from SNL for that, which, you know, it's, I mean, it's it's quite a statement to be making. Um, especially she made that statement like five years before all the stuff from like the spotlight in yeah. Boston came out about the archdiocese in yep. the United States. Yeah. Where she was like, hey, man, like we used to have these workhouses in Ireland that girls used to get sent to when they got pregnant and they would just fucking disappear. Yeah. And they found mass graves outside of them. And like, it's like these are evil places that the church is running. Yeah. And knows about. Yeah. And, and I, people yeah. were like, dude, I remember Frank Sinatra was like ripping her in the news. Yeah, because like old timey people like that, they're 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 not gonna understand anything. Yeah. Like they're, ne- they're you don't talk about the church like that. Yeah, somebody like like he is never going to understand anybody's plight, probably for any reason, unless it's like a message written at the bottom of a Manhattan. Yeah, definitely a fat all lives matter type guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the I, yeah, that's a great example of somebody who just would not get that point at all. And yeah, like I don't everything that I'm saying about her isn't to say that I disagree with anything she's saying. Just like clearly created a, a, a controversial moment by doing something like yeah. that, right or wrong. It's just you know it's it's going to draw attention uh, and not the attention. And she didn't, it's not all going to be positive attention. And she didn't do it in 2019. She did it in right. 1993. A point when nobody was ready to talk about that shit. <laughs> yeah. That was that was big time sweeping under the rug, America. Oh yeah. Like don't even talk about it. Just sweep it under there and we'll pretend it never happened and we'll we'll ban her from TV. We won't address the issue. Yeah, like yeah. We don't want That's hear, how we'll solve we this. We don't want to hear about this horrible shit. Get her off there. Cool. So Dan, why don't you take us over to your number 3 pick? Okay, so for me this is a bit of a sticky wicket I got here. So my choice is Feeling Good uh, by Muse off The Origin of Symmetry from 2001. So this song, while not originally a song by the artist I think of, so I always consider this song is a Nina Simone song. Feeling Good is Nina Simone. That's who sings this song. Um, She released it in 1965 on I Put a Spell on You. She has the biggest hit with it. It's gigantic. 
Fuck Michael Bublé. That dude's ridiculous. Like, get out of here with your Canadian jazz singing. Um, Agreed. But, so, this was originally written by two guys named Anthony Newley and Leslie uh, Bracusi for a musical called The Roar of the Green... Roar of the Grease Paint, The Smell of the Crowd. Which, Can you say that again? I really like that. The Roar of the Grease Paint, The Smell of the Crowd is the name of the film. That's... That's, in, that's incredible. Or the name of the uh, the musical, I should say. Oh, it's a musical? Never yeah. mind. <laughs> but to me, this song, this song like uh, All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix, like this is a Nina Simone song. Yeah. And so when I heard this cover, I immediately was like, oh man, they covered Nina Simone. That's so cool. And then through later research was like, oh shit. Yeah, Nina well. Simone is the cover from this play from the 40s. But... It's fine because I think this is a Nina Simone song, and therefore having Muse, which is three dudes from England covering it, fits our bill here. Yeah. So I'm going with it. Um, pretty, pretty straightforward cover in the sense of lyrically and kind of the arrangement. The only difference I think is it opens with the piano and the vocal, same as the original does. But I think the adding of electric guitars, bass, and like real live drums just makes that booming drop when it hits so much harder. The, the, yeah. yeah, it really does emphasize those parts a lot. It like it just it just dumps out it's like a kick in the nuts, man. It's just Yeah. It's like wham, like all this low end hits you. And I think I always thought this dude uh this what's Matt, Matt Bellamy. Matt Bellamy. Yeah he's got he's got has really a, underrated vocal chops. Has a man. great little voice man. Yeah he really um, does. Really powerful. He's like a little tiny guy when you see him. Uh, but I saw Muse live um, back Right before that record, The Resistance, came out. Right before they started making songs I didn't like. Yeah. Um, yeah, same. It was like right after Black Holes and Revelations. Yeah, that's really and, the only one of theirs I listened to, to be fair. Yeah, that was that was the last one. So I liked Origin of Symmetry. I liked Absolution. Oh, Absolution. I'm sorry. And I liked Black Holes and Revelations. I'm sorry. I meant Absolution. I like that one more. Start. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's definitely their best record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like it was, re- dude, it was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. Um, They're insane for and for a three piece too. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it yeah. dude. It came out. It was like three big curtains. They dropped the curtains and they were like on these giant risers that lit up and played videos of them playing. It was insane, man. There was yeah. lasers. There was smoke. It was big crazy time shit. laser band. Yeah, big like, time laser band. It was one of those cool like. So I love a small venue, a tight, like a tight place. It feels really cool. It sounds really good. But sometimes it's cool to see what like a million dollars looks like. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. wow, you guys spent a million dollars to put this show yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it was it looked every cent of it. Yeah, dude. It was insane. Yeah, I I do I I've seen Lord Live. Like it's it's a show, man. It's worth it. It's yeah. it's absolutely worth it. This isn't just four guys playing in a basement. Like this no. is this is a show you're about and to And they're see. like yeah, they they're involved. They're they're sometimes playing multiple instruments at the same time. He's got that fucking chaos pad and the guitar, I think, a yep. lot of the times, too. Like, and yeah, when they open the song, incredible. he plays it on this, like, lucite piano that has the, the the lid of it has, like, a staff that lights up as he plays the notes. Oh, that rules. It was ridiculous, yeah, man. Yeah, that it rules. Great concert. Uh, nice. So with that, Dave, what is your number three pick for your favorite flipped cover? All right. Up at number three for me is Wild Horses by the Sundays. This is originally by the Rolling Stones, who I probably don't need to tell you about. Uh, This came off of their 1971 album, Sticky Fingers. Um, And um, I have an interesting quote here from Mick Jagger and Keith Richards about the song, because it is one of their better, I think, songs. It's it's fucking beautiful. Um, He says, Mick Jagger says, I originally sat down doing this with Graham Parsons, and I think his version came out slightly before ours. He had like a slightly different different version with his wife at the time whose name is Marianne I forget her she's a musician and I can't remember it and I'm sorry I'm not doing the proper credit here for that but uh, um, he says I was definitely very inside of this piece emotionally and then Keith Richards says if there's a classic way of Mick and me working together this is it I had the riff and chorus line Mick got stuck in the verses just like satisfaction wild horses was about the usual thing of not wanting to be on the road being a million miles from where you want to be so, not really. I never would have guessed that this song was originally about them like being homesick. I would have thought it was something different, but I um, thought I thought it was the opposite. 
You know, yeah. about wanting to be free. Yeah, I, I, it, the same. I think that's you know, using horses. Typically, you don't think of a horse coming home. Yeah. Like horse. Yeah, you think of them running in the wild. You don't think of them like yeah. in a barn. I thought of this was this yeah. was idolizing wild horses. Yeah, same. Yeah, that's yeah. But whatever. I mean, that's what it, that's straight from their mouth. So I can't argue. Um, so it was originally recorded in Muscle Shoals, uh, which is in Alabama. And if you don't know that about that place or have seen the documentary, do yourself a favor and watch it. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, man. Um, they birthed everything there. Yeah. So uh, the original version hit 28 on the uh, Billboard Hot 100. The Sundays uh, are ban- another band from London uh, that formed in 1988, and they released this cover... Uh, on their second album, which is titled Blind, in 1992 as a B-side. And leading up to this, uh, to that record, they'd had a, a great amount of success on their first one. Then in between their first two records, they had been touring a ton. Then they decided, I don't know if it was because they didn't like their management, but they decided to manage themselves, which would probably be a stressful situation to put yourself into. And then their record label went bankrupt. So they... <laughs> They had no label, were managing themselves, and were then trying to write a record, and were just kind of like lost the creative juices, I guess, essentially. So, um, the cat's trying to escape through the window. Um, so, so they lost their creative juices, essentially. So I think that's why that they included a cover on there. I don't know if that originally would have been in, you know, something that they would have done, but probably because they were struggling to write after all that bullshit, um, you know, they, they, they threw this on there. So... After this record came out, they they did a U.S. tour after a U.K. tour and then decided to take some off and basically, like, just broke up after that. They went, they got back together, like, three years later um, and put out one more record in 97, but then never never did anything ever again and to this to this point in time. Yeah. Um, they're all still around. There's been rumors of them getting back together. It just, it just never happened. Um, and this cover was actually used in... In that hiatus period before they officially broke up, this was used in a Budweiser commercial, which I don't remember, uh, and was in the Mark Wal- Mark Wahlberg movie Fear in 1996. Oh Jesus, yeah, oh, great movie. God, that movie, definitely, yeah. definitely the best cinematic scene of someone getting finger banged on a roller coaster. Well, agree to disagree. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> is, I can't think of mine. Um, I was like, wait a minute. I don't even remember that scene. To be fair, are you uh, serious? Ugh. No. I've only seen that movie once, and yeah, I don't remember that that part. Remember when he carves her name in his chest? That part I remember. I remember him being shirtless a lot. That's really all I got at this point, though. It's yeah. been probably like 15 years since I've seen that movie, though. It's pretty nuts, man. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll watch it now that I know that there's a fantastic roller coaster scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, Dan. There's not really much else to say about this. Everybody knows who the Rolling Stones are. I don't really think. Uh, I need <laughs> to explain the Rolling Stones. <laughs> you um oh oh, speaking of uh, famous bands from england i forgot to include please mr postman by the beatles as a b-side earlier oh yeah that that was foolish of me um cool all right so dan why don't you take us over to your number two pick all right so number two for me comes from the soundtrack of kubo and the two strings um if you haven't seen this movie it is a fantastic stop motion uh film story like of uh, I guess I would call it like a folk tale um, from Japan about a young, a young uh, shamisen player, which is like a three-stringed uh, guitar, um, traditional Japanese instrument, uh, who that only has two strings on it because one of them broke. Um, and about the player named Kubo, who must embark on a quest to defeat his mother's evil sisters and his power-hungry grandfather named Raiden the Moon King, God. who is responsible for stealing his left eye when he was a child. God damn it, why isn't that my name? Um, dude, it's so fucking tight. And he's accompanied by Holy two shit. samurais, one being Monkey and the other being Beetle. It is so tight. I gotta tight, check this dude. out. It's so good. It's great. The animation's phenomenal. The voice acting's incredible. Gotta see it. It's okay. really good. I'm in. Um, and this is Regina Spector doing this cover of While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Uh, the movie was from 2016, and so vocally, it's a pretty straightforward. She's not doing like, you know, not mixing it up that hard of or like restructuring the whole song. But the interesting part of it, I think, comes from the fact that it's almost entirely 
using traditional Japanese instruments. Yeah, this is nuts. So it's not like electrical guitar and everything. There's some strings on it too, but it's a lot of the, you know, Eastern instruments and structures where there's, you know, the quarter steps and things. So some of it mm-hmm. sounds a little out of key. Yeah. But it's really cool, man. And like, the distinct thing I can I always think of with those instruments is that they have absolutely no reverb to them. It's like yeah. you hear the notes there and gone. It's like yep. so sharp. It's like dung 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 dung. Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's very cool. yeah, it's it's a very different sound. That. Just like I've never seen an instrument outside where it is like a guitar played with like it's almost like an open piano that you play with sticks that you hold. Yeah, they're, so it's they're like really definitely weird, interesting. Very interesting, like so cool, man. The yeah. Instruments are awesome. Yeah. Um, and I love how they have like the big giant like pick. For the guitars, like it's not like a little tiny; it's like a big, like huge triangle. Uh, really cool instruments, man. And yeah. this song is, I think, all the better for it, man. I love the original. The you know, oh, as much doesn't? as I hate to admit, the Eric Clapton guitar solo is fucking awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, it's hard, and it's cool that they're doing it with these instruments. They're not like skipping over that to like no make it easier. And like, you know, obviously one of the best songs off of the White Album. It's perfect. Um, it's a great song. Also, at George, the, the concert for George. When yeah, the the prince, the prince solo that comes solo. out of nowhere, <laughs> where he, he busts. He's doing the Jimi Hendrix teeth picking. Yeah, he's doing the Stevie Ray Vaughan power slide. He's doing the Eddie Van Halen finger tap, and then he throws the guitar into the air and just you never see it come down. Yeah, like as he walks off, doesn't even finish the song with the rest of the band. It was it was I absolutely mean, incredible. He's the best. He's a legend, man. Yeah, to yeah. bring Prince up again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's just the coolest. Yeah, he is. And yeah, I really love this cover. Um, yeah, this is a really cool cover. Definitely check the movie out too if you haven't. I think it's it's probably on Netflix or one of the nine streaming sites that we're all currently paying for. Yep. Remember when we were all like, no, I don't want cable. It's like 60 bucks a month. That's stupid. But I'll definitely pay for eight fourteen ninety nine a month. Apparently. So is, they got us, Dan. They, they got us so got fucking us. hard. We're so dumb. We fell right into their hands. We really did. One of them's going to come out now, and it's going to consolidate all of them into one for one low fee. Yeah. And we're going to be like, wait, this is cable again. That could be us. Um, it's definitely going to be me, because if one of them comes out and goes, you can have all five of these for 40 bucks a month, I'll yeah. be like, yep. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so uh, with that, Dave, what is your number two pick for uh, a gender-flipped cover? All right. Up at number two for me is Sea of Love by Cat Power. Um, this is originally released by Phil Phillips in 1959 on his album of the same name, uh, Phil Phillips. No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, Sea yeah, of I was Love. Like, his, his album's name Phil I, Phillips? The way I wrote it down, I was like, you know what? That's very misleading, so I'm going to say it exactly that way. So it sounds like it's his name, uh, his album name is Phil Phillips. Um... This song, uh, when he put it out, uh, 1959, peaked at number two on the Billboard charts and was unfortunately his his um, only his only hit um, ever, really. Uh, so he wrote the song to serenade a love interest that he had at the time um, that uh, didn't pan out, but he continued to uh, to work on the song and use it um, and. He claims apparently to this day that he's only ever made or he was only paid $6,800 for this recording, which it sounds criminal. I don't know who the rest of this money went to, but... Uh, yeah, but if it was $6,800 in... 1959. 1959, that's a shitload of money. I guess that's true. Like a, a, that yeah, was, I guess that that's was true. what houses cost. <laughs> like, Not today. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, that's, that's what, a good that's point. That's what a house used to cost back then. That's true. Yeah, I guess maybe, you know, with inflation, it's different. Or is it like in today's money? That's I think that's probably... It's some... He didn't get paid enough is basically what this has come so someone's to. Someone's like, oh, lay down a track. I'll buy you this house. Yeah, <laughs> that, like, that, yeah that's right. different. Yeah, yeah, the different. <laughs> when you put it that way, it's a little bit different. But yeah. it could... It, for whatever reason, he's claiming that he got uh, he got the short end of the stick uh, in some reason. They should have um, bought me two houses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... If you were like a famous celebrity back then, you probably thought you deserved that. Yeah. Actually, that probably hasn't changed. Um, so Cat Power uh, released this song on her album covers in the year 2000, an entire album of covers by her. Um, she said at the time that she had felt more comfortable actually playing cover songs. So instead of doing something that was all new material, she decided to do one that was all covers. Um, 
then uh, it, the film or the song was used uh, in the film Juno, um, which had a pretty pretty good soundtrack, um, and uh, was kind of like an indie oh, indie hit there fuck. for a little while. I'm so mad. I forgot the other gender flip cover we. Could oh use yeah, uh, uh, superstar. Yeah, superstar by Sonic Youth. By yeah. Sonic Youth. Fuck. Yeah, we also mentioned that one. Damn it. All right. Yeah. Well, well, that's we, also in that movie. We still got to talk about. It. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was a great yeah. soundtrack. So, um, yeah, pretty short song. Um, kind of maybe one of the ones that was changed the most out of all I have, even though it's not really changed that much. Most of these are pretty straightforward now that I'm thinking about it. But that's probably the one that has the most slowed or tempo changed uh, take on it. All right, Dan, why don't you take us over to your number one pick? All right, my number one, this is the song I've been wanting to put on one of these episodes forever. Um, this is from 2020 off the album Show Pony. This is Orville Peck with Fancy. Uh, this is a song originally by Bobby Gentry. Oh, I thought it was Iggy Azalea. <laughs> yes, this is by Iggy Azalea. That would have been... It's hearing him do it like a pop song would be hilarious. I mean, he did uh, Born This Way by Lady Gaga. He did? I haven't heard that. I gotta that, listen to that immediately. He did that uh, on her reissue of Born This Way, I guess it is. Okay. Uh, he does a cover of that. I also was considering putting that in here. Yeah. Uh, but decided against it because this cover is so good, man. Like, the first third of this is, like, completely acapella. It's just him with his super rich, deep Elvis voice. Oh, it's so good. I mean, it was like, it's so good, man. I love this cover so much. It's a song about growing up in the South and being super, super destitute and so desperate for money that his mother um, puts him into prostitution, essentially spends the last of their money on a dress to send him into the, the honky tonks and saloons to find a gentleman to pay them for the evening. And originally written by Bobby Gentry, um, if you don't know Orville Peck, he is a masked country singer. Um, he is the best thing ever. It's and great. Yeah, he's fantastic. You should get into him completely. He's like a mix of Roy Orbison, Elvis, and Chris Isaac. Yeah. His music's insane. It's so good, man. He's done... He did a duet with Cheryl with um, Shania, Shania Twain. Twain. That's incredible. I mean, this dude is knows no bounds. His yeah. first album was released by Sub Pop, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, and it's also a huge shame that, due to his, I I guess I would say due to his outward flamboyance, because I don't know much about the man that is Orville Peck, outside of his character, because. It is very much, he's never been shown his face. Yeah. Um, he wears the mask all the time. Mm -hmm. There's not much of the character, but from what I've read in every article that's been published about him, that I read every single one of them, he is a outwardly gay male and is very open about that. Um, yeah. In both the imagery of his videos, the photo shoots that he does. The lyrics. I think yeah. The lyrics of his songs, the songs he chooses to cover, such as this. Mm -hmm. um, I think that due to all of those things, big Nashville country music industry has chosen to ignore him. Yeah. And I think it is at their detriment because I think this is a guy doing the most interesting thing in country music that I've heard in decades. Yeah, I mean, because he also did a cover of Bronski Beat, who was a, a openly gay band, too. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, he, you know, he's he's supporting his lifestyle in, in really every way. And it's funny you said that because he's actually... Um, if anybody's uh, a food nerd like I am and watches uh, It's Alive on Bon Appetit yep. with Brad Leone, he's on there. Yeah, he and he wears an and, and he him. wears the mask the whole time yep. on that too. He has which is it always tied fun. back for when they eat. Yeah, yeah it's so um, funny. <laughs> it's great, man. Um, before before the fall of Bon Appetit, that was like yeah, thing. yeah. Um, I know me and all my coworkers used to love watching all this. Like, dude, everybody was about Carla. Everybody yeah. liked. Uh, What's her name? Um, Claire. Oh, yeah. Doing the Claire Saffitz, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was great, man. Just to find out that everyone involved in that company is like a piece of shit. I don't know um, if it was everybody, but definitely higher up people Definitely were. enough. Not everybody yeah. that was involved in the shows, but everybody higher up. Yeah, yeah. Um, to find out that like some of them weren't being paid for those videos. Yeah, that's fucking it's bullshit. It's like insane. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, so back to Orville Peck. Um, great, great dude. He just released this EP uh, recently uh, called Bronco that just came out a couple, at this point, when this release is a couple weeks ago. Uh, 100% you got to check it out, man. One of the songs sounds like Neil Diamond. It's awesome, man. He's so cool. And, and, and I haven't been able to see him live, but I've seen live videos of him. Projects his voice just like this live, yeah, which is it's strong not as hell. easy to do. And he's coming to the Fillmore in Fuck May. yes. So we have to yeah, go. We'll be there. We have to get tickets to that. It's the, gonna be nuts. The last time I even know of him coming to Philly was right after the first record came out and it sold out like before I even heard who he like what was going on. Yep. Like I thought I was getting in on it like right away and I was like, Oh shit, like this isn't even out yet. The show was already sold out. Because it was some it was like a like boot and saddle. It was like yeah. two hundred tickets or something like that. Yeah, to build the mystique, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you know I mean? like, before the record even came, who's like, this masked cowboy? Nobody even knew. Nobody even yeah. knew about it. Well, apparently two hundred other people did because I, I was shit yeah, out of luck. He played. He played a show at like the Knitting Factory That's in Brooklyn. That's what it was. And or, no, it no, no, sold no, out sorry, in like seconds. So. Yeah. And they did a huge write up about. They were like, this like openly out masked cowboy. Like, who the fuck is this? Dude? Yeah. What is and like, going why is he here? selling out records? Why is he on Sub Pop? What's happening? Yeah. And it's amazing. His his stock has only risen since then. Yep. And will continue to do so, I would imagine. We're both huge fans. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody anybody whose album so far this year, I've been like, this is perfect. Like, this is exactly what I wanted it to be. Uh, so, yeah. With that, Dave, uh, I finally got to get that one off my chest. Love it. So, what is your number one pick for the Gender Flip cover song? All right. Up at number one for me is This Woman's Work by Maxwell. This was, I mean, for, let me just say, like, for for a man to cover a song like this is, takes some guts, I think, because you got to have a, the falsetto voice of an angel to pull this off, like, which, he, which he absolutely does. It's, it's, uh, Oh my gosh. It, it was the first one that I thought of when we were doing this. So the song, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, is originally by Kate Bush, who is a British singer. Came out in 1988, and she originally wrote it for a film called She's Having a Baby. Uh, and then again released it What's on... What's that movie about? Uh, that's about uh, an elephant and a homeless man who win the lottery and <laughs> develop a new nation uh, off the coast of India. It's about a child who meets a whale yeah. and they form a friendship and then he helps him escape from the aquarium where he's captured. Yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's free Willy. <laughs> well, yes, it is, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, uh, she's having a baby, the movie about the elephant and the homeless boy. Um, so, yeah, she then released it on again on her sexual sexual second album, The Sensual World. Now you see how I, I mix that up because I sensual, sexual. OK, um, so. She she wrote the song for the movie, so the lyrics uh, are kind of relatable to this important scene at the end of it where Kevin Bacon's character, uh, all of a sudden, he's watching his wife go through all this unexpected, like, huge problems, potentially, with a, a pregnancy which they thought was going to go very normally, and so the lyrics are written from the man's point of view of, like, all the difficult things that his wife, this person he cares so much about, is suddenly being faced with. Um, so it's a powerful scene in the movie. It's a powerful, power, very powerful song when Kate Bush sings it. Um, and it's really nuts that Maxwell's able to pull it off. Like it's, yeah. it's just, it, you, like I said, Kate you Bush, just, a very high, like soprano voice. Yeah. 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 And a very, very talented singer in her own right. So Maxwell is, uh, he, he's from Brooklyn. Um, and he originally performed this in 1997 during an MTV Unplugged, uh, session and it was recorded like they often were and sold and just blew up, obviously, because it's incredible. Um, so he then recorded uh, the version that we're going to use, which is off of his studio album Now, which came out in 2001. Um, surprisingly, this only peaked at 58 on the Billboard charts. I would have guessed it would have been much higher. Um, and was also featured in the film Love and Basketball, which is a great Spike Lee joint. Um <laughs> Definitely love love a Spike Lee joint. Oh, who doesn't? Uh, especially a Spike Lee joint about basketball. Um, Dude, he got game. He got game so good. That's such a good movie. Yeah, why'd you give me that ridiculous name? Your name's from the Bible. Yeah, no shit. No, it wasn't. <laughs> remember? 
No, he named him Jesus. Yeah, but, but it was after Jesus Shuttlesworth, yeah, but wasn't it? And that's when he tells him about it, but he goes like, yeah. we asked him, he's like, why'd you give me this ridiculous name? And he's like, your name's from the Bible. And he just goes, no shit. Yeah. But then he explains that there's a better, yeah. there's a backstory like to it. I can't remember the exact quote. Yeah. It's like, your name's from the Bible. Yeah, yeah. no shit. You named me Jesus. Bro. Ray Allen. Like, Ray Allen in his, his, I think, only acting performance? I watch, don't watch the elbow. Oh, yeah. The same every time. That was my favorite thing he's ever said. When they were like, how's your shot so smooth? And he just goes, watch the elbow. Uh, there's a quote, actually. Uh, Maxwell posted a picture of himself performing this song uh, on Instagram. When uh, He posted a picture from the MTV Unplugged session. And uh, here's a quote about it, which I think is cool because you never know with these covers, like what the relationship is between the coverer and the coveree. Um, so uh, I, just, I did want to read this. He says... Um, Covered for the first time with permission of Kate Bush herself. I still have the note she sent me when I was 24 after she heard it. I I chose it because I felt if a man could bridge the gap in song to the daily issues and concerns of women, then maybe we could all find more compassion for each other's souls living a human experience. Stephen Hill, you helped make this happen. Not uh, super, uh, not punctuated properly, but, you know, I, I think I got it all out there. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. It's cool to know that like the original artist supported. I mean, especially if if you wrote a song from the opposite sex point of view about something, it's kind of cool that you were then like, oh look, now somebody's somebody's singing, like narrating essentially the part that I wrote for another person. Mm -hmm. So I think it makes sense for her to be like, I don't know why I'm assuming that she would be cool with it or not, but whatever. It's a great version. His voice is incredible. He uses. He switches out from the falsetto to like his normal singing voice towards the end, and it's just as powerful and great. So, yeah, just like uh, one definitely something you wouldn't assume a man could do. No, a cover of that and pulls off perfectly, like yeah. literally flawlessly. Yeah. All right, cool. So that was a fun one. Um, yeah, I I don't know if I have any more more closing thoughts on this, Dan. Anything else to add? Uh, no. Cool. All right. So, um. Don't forget to uh, follow us on social media so you're kept up to date on the new episodes when they're released. And like we said last week, follow us along on whatever your favorite podcasting app is. We should be on all of the different platforms. Um, we're, on the, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Yep, yep. Uh, so if you for other things for whatever moral reasons, if, if, if you don't want one, you yeah, use. if you don't want to use one over another, uh, just you know we're out there on all of them. So. Um, just subscribe on your favorite one so you're kept up to date too for the for the new episodes uh, when they come out right away. Dan, tell everyone where they can find us. All right, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under at D&D Music Factory. That's the letter D, the letter N, and the letter D again, followed by Music Factory. Uh, you can find me personally at at Lukewarm Steve Austin on Instagram and D.